Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Attention, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coasties. The holiday season is right around the corner. And some of you might be wondering, how am I going to afford to travel back home to visit my loved ones? Have no fear. Holidays for the Heroes is here. Last year, Holidays for the Heroes received donations from patriotic donors, and we were able to send 65 armed service members with a fully paid round-trip ticket and got them home for the holidays. Wait, but what's the catch, you might ask? Buckle your parachute strap. There is no catch and no hidden fees. Just contributions from good old-fashioned Americans who want to help heroes like you and show their appreciation for your service. If you're an active soldier and want to register, or an individual who wants to be a part of that growing group of patriotic donors, please go to www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. That's www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. To you from underneath the peach blossom It's time for an episode of Be Awesome Find positivity throughout your life and work Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk Hello Be Awesome listeners, this is episode 83 of the Be Awesome podcast I'm your host, Joshua Peach And for this week's episode, I am going to actually replay an old episode. Uh, November 11th, 2018's Getting Unstuck with Rick Tremble, the Veterans Day uh, 2018 episode. This is a great episode with an awesome friend. Uh, Rick is just an amazing human, and he's also a Marine. And he shares his story with us all. And uh, I'm so appreciative that he was comfortable getting uncomfortable with me here and sharing so much with you. So here it goes. Uh, happy Vater- Veterans Day to all that have uh, fought and served for our country. And uh, happy birthday to our United States Marine Corps, 245 years. Thanks for all that you do. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 17, but it's going to come on as 16. Uh, I'll explain a little bit further on that <clears throat> as we go along. But here we are Sunday morning, uh, Veterans Day. And uh, back at home, not under the peach tree, it's a little windy, so we're covered, uh, sitting in rocking chairs like a couple of old men uh, waiting for the paper to arrive. And uh, I've got a great guest here today with me, uh, an awesome human and uh, incredible friend and and, uh, Marine, and uh, pretty interesting how uh, we we met, I guess. Got to tell a story. I've gone through this last four months, kind of sharing parts of my life with you, and I know and uh, was committed to being prepared to share all of my life with you, um, as there's lots of of different examples of 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 life and how it comes at you. And so, um, I've shared with you my family of my my fiance that's been one of my best friends for for thirty plus years, and and our two kids, uh, Danny and Chance. 
And Danny was born on April 10th, 2007, and, uh, and 17 days later, on April 27th, uh, 2007, his dad was killed in Iraq. Uh, Danny's been with me since then. Uh, he is my son. Uh, I will never call him anything other than that. Uh, he doesn't share my last name primarily because his first and middle name are after um, a Marine and a, a corpsman that were killed in 2005 with Bill. And, uh, and, and he now has his dad's last name, who was an incredible friend. And so <clears throat> this all happened, and life just kind of gets crazy on you. And I, I crossed paths with, with Rick. Uh, Rick Tremble is who my guest is here with me today. We crossed paths because he was in the technology business, and I'm in the technology business, and never, <clears throat> never aligned um, through that, that common bond of Bill. Bill loved Rick. And... Um, they served together and just uh, were reminiscing, and they were, actually did a, a tour out in Okinawa together we'll get into. And somewhere around 2009, I had a, a friend and a client that actually was out with Rick and, and saw on his wrist Bill's name on a remembrance bracelet and sent me the picture, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Who is that? And told me it was Rick, and, and so I said, you know, let him know who I am and, and that, that Danny's, you know, living with me and, and here. And, and since then, uh, we've kept in, in contact. We've stayed in touch. Uh, he's been a great supporter. He was one of the first Be Awesome shirt uh, wearers in the first picture I got of somebody that had it. Um, but he's just a, an, an incredible person. And I think we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff here today on Veterans Day and thought it would be fitting <clears throat> to do. With that said, you know, I, I, the original podcast 16, which you're going to hear later this week, is with a gentleman by the name of Paul Tim. I recorded it in Wisconsin last Monday, and uh, Paul Tim's a safety and security expert, and we touched on some things, including active shooter, and sadly, you know, the, the, um, what happened in California Thursday really wasn't a time for me to put out uh, that podcast. So I talked to Rick on Friday, and I'm like, hey, man, I, I, I know we're delayed. I want to do a podcast with you, but, you know, I'm not really sure where to go with it, and we got Veterans Day coming up, and I don't want to have it be a Veterans Day fanfare thing. I want it kind of something different. And he threw out some ideas with me, and we're gonna we're gonna freestyle here for the next 20 to 30 minutes and uh, talk shop, tell stories, and, and share things. But uh, I hope you guys get some stuff out of it. Maybe get some awareness, and maybe if somebody's uh, out there struggling, no matter who you are, um, you work to get some help on it. And um, you know, we're we're uh, we're in a decline of, of um, veterans today. Just read a, a statistic, 372 World War II veterans pass away every day, and of the six, 16 million original veterans, uh, there's less than 620,000 that are still here with us. So, um, you know, make sure that you're, you're talking to them and, and, and learning from them because they've gone through a lot of life that we'll never go through, and it's not asking um, crazy questions and things but it's just listening to them so rick thanks thanks for coming coming out to the uh to the farm here steve hasn't uh, steve must have known that a, a badass marine was coming out here because he is gone he is nowhere to be seen and uh probably knows that you mean business here but thanks for coming out i don't know if steve probably recognizes that i'm 10 years and probably 25 30 pounds away from being dangerous <laughs> <laughs> so you know <clears throat> So, Rick, tell a little bit about your um, military background. You and I were talking about it. You put, you know, 20 years in, did a whole yeah. bunch of different things. I, I enlisted right out of high school um, into the reserves. I, I was going to school. I was, I was planning to go to college, so I, I 
decided I'm going to keep doing that. But a recruiter cold called me. And, a, and, and after spending some time thinking about it, uh, and it kind of goes back to that conversation we're having inside about how uncomfortable it is when someone says thank you for your service. It's great, and, and I don't think anybody should stop doing it, but myself and I think just about everybody else has this uncomfortable thing like, you know, what do we say to that? Right. Uh, you know, you're welcome. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit, and I, and I think um, I want to thank everybody for, for the opportunity to do it. For me, when people ask me, you know, why did you go into the Marines? Why did you enlist? Why did you go and then get a commission and stay in and, and do it as long as you did? And um, what I'll say is it wasn't really a choice. It was more of a vocation. And I think for most most of my peers and contemporaries probably look at it a lot the same way. So, yeah, it, it was a vocation to go in. And, you know, after my enlistment, I, I got commissioned out of college and I had gone to officer candidate school. And then I did a couple tours as, as a young company-grade officer. And then uh, I got out on September 1st, 2001. And then 11 days later, I said, well, time to get right back in. So I I, I, I ended up spending some time uh, in Boston, and then eventually by the time uh, 2003 and, and the Iraq invasion happens and, 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 and everything starts moving, I ended up back in and back on active duty until uh, just about 2009 when I left and, and finished my last few years in the reserve so I could retire after my, uh, after my, my first child was born. But um, that time in between was was great. A lot, lot of lot of great days and, and a few bad ones. Yeah. So that's that's the summary. Yeah, that's tw- that's that's twenty years and twenty years twenty and, years and two minutes. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, you uh, you did multiple deployments, and your your Iraq deployment gave you a, a two an incredible two week time off between between the two deployments well which was miserable yeah (laughs) but i mean you you literally you went out you were there for you know six months and and re recommitted took two weeks and then you were back for another six months yeah and it was uh and it wasn't exactly broken up straight in in between the six months you know i think i did seven or seven and a half eight and then came back and then went back and finished up but um that nearly a year over there was uh, was very formative uh, in in who I am today, in some good ways and in some bad ways. And I think I could spend a lot of time talking about experiences while I was there, but I think, especially in light of Veterans Day and in light of what happened last Thursday in uh, Southern California. I think I want to talk about the fight when we get home. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, there were a, a number of different things that had happened to me when I went from, you know, combat deployment back within 18 or 20 hours into walking around and play society again. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable walking around not having a gun. I was so unused to doing that. It was so foreign. And 
being in traffic, um, toll booths used to get me really bad. And this always perplexed my wife. We're, we're dating not long after uh, I got back and, and we were married about a year and a half after my, my last deployment. And um, we'd pull up to a deployment. She'd be like, why do you get so upset when someone's asking for directions? And I didn't even understand it at the time, but really what it was was that idea of being closed in in the car. So you pull up to a toll booth, and then somebody's behind you, someone's in front of you, someone's on your right, someone's on your left. And for a year, that was something you could never let happen because it was a guaranteed bad day. Um, and physically, you know, I would sweat. My heart rate would go up. Um, I would be hyper-focused and literally couldn't even talk to me pulling up to a toll booth. Um, uh, easy pass is probably the best thing that ever happened to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it alle alleviated a lot of that and I was so excited when easy pass came out but that and then a couple other little incidents that happened in traffic and you know here and there where I'd scratch my head and say boy that probably wasn't the most appropriate response um That's probably not right. So, well, better ignore it and get back to life and do something else. And I did that over and over again until about 2011. Um, and I'd left the Marines at that point. And I was working in the tech sector. And I was on a phone call, and the kids were screaming, and my wife was trying to get them out the door. I was working from home. And I lost it, you know. And I, I lost my temper, and it was never anything violent, but I was just really lost it and was was yelling at my wife. And my son was about a year old. My middle son was about a year old, and he's a tough one from, from day one. So I remember we got a sitter, and it was the first time we got a sitter in as long as I could remember. We went out to dinner, and we're sitting at dinner in Needham, and I was so excited to have a date night. And this blow-up from a few weeks earlier had, had kind of left my, my thought process. And my wife just burst into tears. And she said, uh, if this doesn't stop, you're going to lose me and you're going to lose your kids. Um, this is not normal. I've made excuses for you for too long, and you got to go talk to somebody. And... It became crystal clear that I wasn't sure she was right, but I was sure that no matter what, I had to go do something. So I went into the VA not long after that, and uh, I remember the, the counselor I sat with was young. You know, I was this 40-something-year-old retired major, and this guy sits across from me, and he's right out of school in his 20s, and I'm like, oh, I got Doogie Hauser here. But he was fantastic because he started out with, I don't know anything about combat, and I've never been where you've been, and I've never done what you've done, but I really know about how your brain works, and I know about how your brain tricks you, and I'm here to teach you how to stop believing your own BS and start dealing with some of the things that are, that are impacting your life. And uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I, at this point... 
now I became completely immersed in learning how my brain works. You know, I have this reptilian brain, you know, down at the bottom, down at the base, and I have this kind of mammal brain that's responsible for my emotions, and then I have a neocortex, which all humans have, which is responsible for my reason. But some of these things in combat that were triggering me back to that, that amygdala hijack, going back to that reptilian survival brain, that fight-or-flight brain, some of those stressors that are affecting me in polite society require a very different reaction than um, aggressiveness and severe, su superior physical force, you know, which was what, which was a survival mechanism, which was a skill set. And, and I think the best thing a doctor ever ex explained to me was a lot of the symptoms of PTSD, the hypervigilance, the way your heart rate picks up, the way you react to stressors around you before they're even really completely apparent. Those are skill sets in combat and without a doubt, very real liabilities back in polite society. So you're going from this really insane, crazy place uh, and then in some cases 18 to 20 hours later, you're just walking down the street in Baltimore or Boston or Boise, Idaho, you yeah. know, uh, and and in, in, in it's tough to adjust. And I think as the services and as a country, we've we've adapted really well, and leadership has been great about uh, making sure services are great. The VA, the providers, the, the caregivers are exceptional. Um, and through 2011, 2012... Um, which was the bulk of when I was in treatment and uh, trying to figure this out and learning about my brain. Um, it was fantastic. I really I was super grateful that I did it. And I'm super grateful to my wife that she she didn't just pack up and leave me. Right. She, she let me know, you know, here's your, here's your shot. Mm -hmm. So you got to take it. And... Uh, and sometimes I got to remind myself I got to take it every day. I got to take that shot all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, wake up and think about, you know, how I react to stress, whether it's work stress or family stress. Stress doesn't change, but the way you react to it, um, you can control. You can, you can uh, guide. So, I've had a lot of friends who have uh, talked to me about this. Some, as recently as the last few weeks, guys I deployed with who said, yeah, you know, I, I, I think maybe I need to deal with this. And uh, it's one of those things where you feel weak. Mm -hmm. um, but then once you start learning about it, you feel so much stronger because you realize... This is something that uh, that I can get ahead of. And last Thursday when we talked over the weekend, you said, you know, there's a few things we want to talk about Veterans Day. And I said, you know, I think just making people aware that, 
you know, PTSD happens and uh, you deal with it. And when you deal with it, it's not so scary and it's not so bad. And I don't know that you ever put it entirely behind you. But boy, life gets a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And life's not going to be easy, but it gets a hell of a lot better. And to tell you the truth, from a combat perspective, I wasn't, I wasn't deep in the weeds that much. I mean, I would consider myself a combat novice. You know, you get shot at a couple times, you get, you know, mortar and rocket attacks on a pretty regular basis, but sustained firefights were only a really small handful in my case. Um, but that prolonged exposure has an impact um, to the stress. So, to my friends who have um, sought out treatment um, overwhelmingly, and I've talked to a lot of them, I talked to a lot of them recently because it's around Veterans Day and we keep in touch, um, their lives are infinitely better. And to those friends and those strangers out there who may listen to it or hear about it from somebody else, um, you know, take a deep breath, go back into the VA. What a lot of us have experienced is, although there's sometimes that wall of bureaucracy in between the veteran and the care provider, it's worthwhile getting to the care provider. Um, and that's that's kind of my thoughts in a nutshell, Josh. What do you, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I I think that that's a, an incredible message. I think that uh, you know some of the things that I've seen and learned over the years, and uh, just my own opinion on some of this is is that you know there's 22 million veterans out there today. We said there's 620 thousand left that are um, World War II. I don't have the statistics on Vietnam, but a large percentage of them are veterans from the era of Iraq, Afghanistan, and have gone through um, what you've gone through, whether it, it be, you know, and I think that uh, I was sitting there saying, well, I'm a, a novice at combat. Well, there's 300 plus million people in the United States that aren't at all in combat. And when you said getting shot at a handful of times, you know, most people don't get shot you know, shot at once in their life. So um, I know I don't know what I would feel or what that would what that would cause me for trauma. Um, but I would feel like one of the things that I would think is that some folks probably think that it's going to go away over time, or that maybe they can handle it on their own. Or y- what you just shared is like a, an, an 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 educational experience and understanding who you are and yes. what what makes you tick that most of us don't know. It's standard, you know, at all. Well, I, I will tell you that it is a, uh, it's a double-edged sword in that it's kind of miserable when it's happening. But your body floods with this adrenaline, and I imagine coming out of it successfully, you get um, probably a significant boost of dopamine, and successfully coming out the, the good end of a firefight, there's not a drug or an experience in life that can touch it as far as how awesome you feel. Mm-hmm. doesn't last, 
Right. Um, but I understand how a lot of guys try and chase that. They come home, they get on motorcycles, they drive too fast. Yep. You know, they engage in risky behaviors. There's lots of stuff. But by that same extent, I was thinking while you're talking about the number of veterans out there. Um, I think it's important to recognize it's not just veterans. Because even though the the experience can be different, the trauma is very much real. If you're a veteran coming back from combat, if you're an EMT who was working in Boston the day of the marathon bombings, if or any other day for that matter, um, you know. If you're somebody who gets mugged coming out of a bar at 2 in the morning, um, the trauma is real. And figuring out how it's impacting your life and figuring out how to deal with it is uh, can really be empowering. Yeah. Um, you actually made a comment on, I think, Friday or Saturday about, you know, uh, and this is one of the things that I touched on with Paul Tim that you guys will hear later on this week, is it's it's no longer if, it's when, and that every person in the United States will be impacted or affected by a negative um, traumatic event, whether it is like what happened last Thursday or something like it. There is a touch point. I mean, look, at there was... There was uh, multiple people there last Thursday mm-hmm. that were getting shot at just a year ago in Las Vegas. Um, there's a lot of there are a lot of things that go on that are going to cause significant trauma and as a whole you're absolutely right whether you're an EMT, a first responder or you have something that happens to you that's traumatic you need to go through what you went through which is awareness of who you are and how do I not how do I put it behind me we always say um, you know when when Bill was killed, and you know people were would would say things or or you know there's never kind of like saying thank you to, to veterans and what do you say what do you say back you know we had a lot of things that were said to us to us through the years and you know I used to always tell people and I still say it to to this day you never move on you never move on from you move forward and it's it's always there but how do you how do you manage that and how do you handle it and you know find your way to a new normal right. Right. This is the new normal, and yeah. how how do I make the best the best of it? And what most people don't do is try to understand what the best of it can be. They True. just think that this this is my new normal. I mean, when we look at our jobs, right? Yeah. Our, our jobs. All of a sudden, there's this drastic change that happens. A new boss comes into play, or something. And and what, what's the first thing that someone says when you say, you know, oh, I don't like this situation, or whatever. In a work world, they go, oh, this is the new normal, get used to it, right? Yeah. It's not, this is the new normal, let's figure out how to get used to it. Or this is the new normal, let's, let's try to... Let's how to make the best of it. Let's try to figure out how to readjust and make yeah. the best of it. Let's do something different. Let's look at things differently. Instead, what most people do is they just go, you know what, I'm just going to keep banging my head off the wall. And, I, I you know, I commend, I comm- first of all... Uh, support is the greatest thing in the world, and, and hats off to your wife uh, for for doing that. Because well, many, yeah, many many would would just pack up and say, "Hey, 
you know what, too bad, so sad, you're never going to change. But you cared enough to say, you need to change if you want to be around uh, me and the kids. And, and, you, and you took that. Um, so, but having support and, you know, the hard part with a lot of people, and, and as I shared with you for, for, for a number of years, I would spend every Monday in the Boston Homeless Vet Shelter. It's 350 or so homeless veterans that's, that, that sleep there every night and eat there every day. And they don't have probably the support system that they need. And I think that if there's someone out there listening or somebody knows someone that seems to be by themselves alone or going through stuff that's difficult, I think that it's important for you to, to try to help that person yeah. and to tell them that it's going to be okay. Not to shy away and say, oh, well, that person's broken or that person's never going to change. There's opportunity as long as people have the one word which... Uh, I think everyone should have in their vocabulary when things are tough, and that's hope. Yeah. I think we need to give everybody hope. You do, but I think it's really important, the perspective as well, that that idea of not just banging your head off the wall but figuring out how to make it work for you. And for me, I kind of geeked out on learning about my brain. You know, I was watching... There's a ton of YouTube videos on the amygdala hijack and how your brain kind of takes over into that fight or flight mentality, which again, in combat is probably a good thing. Um, in a toll booth, probably not so much. Um, well, it depends on who's in the toll booth. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, it's, I don't want to make light of the fact that doing it is hard work and I think people are really scared of the amount of work because I was I walked in there first and I was like I got a lot of I got a lot of work to do mm -hmm. but I remember sitting in there in that aha moment of realizing oh I've been making excuses for this for five six years now and other people have been making excuses for it, for me. And I've just totally been believing my own bullshit. And now i got to figure out, after the lights are on, how to, how to navigate without turning to that, you know? Turn to that aggressiveness, you know, uh, kind of get in touch with what's what's making me tick but it's a lot of hard work and people get overwhelmed by how much work it is but to a person I don't know anybody who's come out the other side and said it wasn't worth it right it's worth every minute yeah yeah I think that I think coupled with the work um, is the fear of admitting something's wrong, right? <laughs> you That's think? yeah. I mean, and it's you know I'm, you know, as I go down and navigate through this this be awesome journey, you know, things weren't always awesome for me, and and uh, you know I had to I had to wake up myself, and I I'm not ashamed to say that I I go to a therapist, I have a therapist, I've had one for a very long time, and it makes a difference. But I can tell you that it. It took a pretty significant action for me to actually say, I need some help with some things, and I need to build trust with someone that 
you know, thankfully a therapist signs that they'll never, you know, that they, that they keep things to themselves in that little box that you go sit on the couch in. But to, to actually be open-minded enough to go, there's some things that I need to fix and I'm going to go find some help and actually talk about it. And, you know, you made the joke about, you know, the Sopranos because of, yeah. because of the, because of the <laughs> compound, because my family, family lives compound. here. Yeah. But when you look at that, when you watch that, 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 that show, and and yeah. and yeah, and it's like you you go to a therapist, you do what? Why do you do that? What's wrong with you? And it's yeah. it's that failure. Once you do it, I can tell you that my journey with 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 help has made me a much better person. And when I'm having those real difficult times, and I go there, it's like the great. And, and and I always call it. I'm like, it's the hour off. Like, at least I have an hour off that I know that I'm going to be in there. I'm not going to be disturbed. I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to learn a little bit more about me and some things that I could do a little bit differently or should have done differently and come out a better person. And that's something that a lot of people don't believe when they're going through difficult times, that they don't think it's going to get better. And if they look to go get help, I mean, it's it's hard to for you to do this. You, 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 I mean, I sat up, you said, I'll tell you, this morning when I got up, I was still, I was still thinking, you know, I've talked to a handful of, of mostly veterans and other people who've experienced trauma about this. Yeah. And I mean a handful. I, I probably count them without having to take my shoes off and use my toes. Yeah. Um, and that peer to peer thing, I think, is really, really important and with other veterans I use this uh, I use a story that's kind of cheesy I, I don't even remember where I heard it and I'm, I've, I've changed it and adapted it yep. to fit but um, it's a guy walking down the street and he falls in a hole and he's stuck and the doctor walks by and writes a prescription throws it down to him and he says it's great but I'm still stuck in the hole and a priest walks by and writes a prayer. <laughs> and throws it down to him and he looks at it and he recites it and he said, it's great, but I'm still stuck in this hole. And this is nothing against the medical profession or, or, yeah. or, or faith. But then another veteran walks by and sees him. And he jumps down there. And the first guy looks at him and he says, what are you doing? Now we're both stuck down here. And the other veteran that walked by says, yeah, but, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. And I think that's a very poignant anecdotal story. Um, and the way out might include that prayer and that prescription. But that first step is that other person jumping into the hole with you and saying, I've been down here before and I know the way out. And... Uh, that just kind of sticks with me in that I've had this one-on-one -on -one conversation with eight to ten people, maybe. But there was a lot of anxiety about coming here and, right, yeah. and, and talking about this in front of a microphone. Yeah. Um, it's an intimidating microphone. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. No, and, and, you know, that was, you know, I, like I said, I... I you know, I didn't, I didn't have the picture painted of how I remember about 
I don't know, two months ago or so when you made a post somewhere on social media and I said, I want to have, I want to do a podcast with you at some point. And you said, hey, message me, you know, let's do something. And you've been just in my head uh, regularly because I just, I just think the world of you. I just think you're an incredible human being. And, but get I get to know me a little better. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I mean, you're just, you're, you're an awesome human. And, you know, and so when I talked to you Friday and I was just kind of running through this stuff and then you said, well, hey, you know, with all the stuff going on with Veterans Day, you know, you, you just kind of went off what you just did for, for the last 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. Are you comfortable with it? And you didn't even hesitate. You were like, absolutely not. Nope. But, that, <laughs> but, but isn't this about but, getting outside Right. You got to yeah. get, you got to get uncomfortable and, you know, to make a difference. And I got to tell you something, uh, you made a hell of a difference and you make a hell of a difference. And if, if one person... And that's Steve. And so he's hey he's he's out. Yeah, he's out. He must have <laughs> he must have caught wind that we're having some light moments here. But you know, I always say with this is that if if one person is impacted positively, then then you made a difference. And and you've had eight to ten individual people that you've talked to. You're just casting a wider net with this story. And if one person gets something else, and it could be anybody, it could be anybody having a challenge. But if any, if you just get one person that just goes. Well, shit! If Rick can do it, I can do it, and and I should do it. And there's a and there's a and there's a light, and you know that's a great story about you know being there, and and that's you know I think that's important for you know uh, for people to realize people that have been there to go to them to look for help. And hey, you you seem to be a knowledgeable person in this. Can you can you help guide me? You know what do I do? Because you're absolutely right too. Kind of some of the bureaucracy and difficulty of navigating is it can be difficult, but keep asking for help. Yeah. Keep asking for help until you get it. And that's the hardest thing for anybody to do is to ask for help. But but do it because it'll be different. And uh, I just I can't thank you enough for sitting out here in the 38 degree uh, fall weather with the with the uh, birds among us and, and the wind blowing and, and telling yeah. your story. Yeah, this is, you know, the the. This was this was one of the most uncomfortable efforts of something for me to do when this whole thing was started and it was suggested, hey, you got to do a podcast for branding and to let people know, you know, who you are and what's going on and, and how does it relay with what I'm doing. Uh, it was really hard because I knew I was going to have to be wide open. And my public speaking, I have a group of people in a, in a room and I know that they're not going to probably remember a lot of what I say. And now people have playback and can do whatever they want. Yeah. And so I had to do something while getting uncomfortable to be comfortable. And this is the most comfortable place in the world for me. Um, listening to the birds, listening to neighbors, song and something, God only knows what they're building. Um, and, and just being at home and at peace makes this a whole lot easier for me. So, uh, I'm hoping to do something pretty cool over the winter to make a nice space that uh, that people can come and and do the podcast with me. So, Great. Um, but uh, no, I thank you for for coming out here on Veterans Day. I know it's a tough thing to to say the answer, but I do thank you for for your service, and I thank you more importantly for your for your friendship and for just being the the awesome human that you are. Thank you um, for the for the uh, the venue to to do this well yeah we've got a yeah this it's a pretty impressive venue couple of rocking chairs a high top uh high bar stool that uh i took from inside the house to get the microphone uh but it's comfortable and it works so uh listen happy veterans day to uh, and, and do thank and do thank uh veterans it, it's it's pretty uh 
it's not looked at necessarily all the time like what they're doing is is heroic or brave or anything because it's their job and uh and some of them say oh it's just what i get paid to do and they look at things differently but i don't know uh anybody that would put themselves in that line of fire shooting life um that that shouldn't appreciate um our veterans so Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all our veterans. My dad's coming over here shortly. He's a 101st Airborne Vietnam helicopter pilot and going to try to enjoy the day and watch the Patriots uh, win uh, playing against a head coach, Mike Vrabel, former Patriot player. So football Sunday. uh, But as always, you can find me, Josh, at BeAwesome.com. Keep the comments coming, please, your your feedback and ideas and insight on how I should – put this in direction i may or may not do it but i'd love to hear everything that you have to say about it so josh at be awesome b-e-a-u-s-m.com you can go to be awesome.com uh, you can go to the shop to the store and you can buy a t-shirt three dollars of every shirt is going to the fairbanks advocate uh youth advocate group up in fairbanks alaska i'm going to meet santa claus up there somewhere around december 2nd give them a check for over a thousand bucks and see how far we can go with that and uh you can find me on linkedin uh twitter uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, my new director of social media marketing, also known as my fiance Amy, who gets paid in hugs, has taken <laughs> over as of Friday. So you're going to see some some more motivation, inspiration, and ideas that come from her and I working together. Uh, she has been uh, incredible support for me through this through this effort, and uh, she's she's uh, going to take my run on sentences out of play and start to put together some professional reading and and uh, observations, photos, and things like that. So uh, have a great week, and uh, always remember, in order to do awesome, you got to be awesome. Thank you.